everyone, and welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode 12. For those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you subscribe, and as always, you can find me at all of the socials at flores.run. Well, I think you are going to really, really enjoy the guest I have this week. I think I say that every week, but this week I also especially mean it as well. Uh, he is an all-around entertainer, the host of Good Enough Podcast, found anywhere you listen to podcasts, and recently became a marathon runner uh, on the phone live from Connecticut, uh, Stefano Sanzo. Please say I said it right. You said it wrong. We said you were going to say it wrong. You said it wrong. I did? <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Though. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I'm totally okay. No, no, no. Listen, listen. Um, I said Stefano earlier, didn't I? This is, this is a perfect segue into this because I, I, I've made peace with it. So I'm 26 years old. My name has been Stefano Santo my, my whole life. And uh, people have always, like, for years, I got really annoyed with the p- way people would mispronounce it. Um, and then I got into entertainment, as you said, uh, I've been doing stand-up comedy for a few years, uh, acting and, uh, as well, you know, now I host the podcast, but, uh, and, and people would always be calling me up, you know, they'd, they'd, you know, cause, cause a host will announce your name and they'll bring you to stage and just saying it wrong all the time. And I, 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 I would get annoyed with it. I'd correct it. Then one day I was listening to the radio right <clears throat> now, uh, back here in Connecticut, we have hot 93, seven. That's our it's, it's like the East coast, big rap station, but I'm okay. pretty sure it's broadcast nationally. And, um, you know how they'll bring on like a celebrity, uh, entertainer to like, be like, yo, what up? This is, you're listening to hot 93, seven right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Rihanna, Rihanna was on. Right. And she's like, Hey everyone, this is Rihanna and you're listening to hot 93, seven. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I go, I'm like, a hundred million people are mispronouncing Rihanna's name. Yeah. This is not how she pronounces it herself. She says Rihanna and we all say it wrong. I'm like, I can't complain anymore. I can't. Who am I to complain when this girl has like half the planet saying her name wrong? Right. It so, was funny because so obviously, obviously I was practicing it literally just before we hit record. And then you said it like a dozen times. <laughs> I also listened to a couple intros of your podcast to see how you said right. it as well. Like today at work, I was doing that and I still, That's still, terrible. still messed it up. Well, you know what? I'll get over it. Like, I, told, I told you straight up. I told you, you were definitely going to say it wrong. And you did. I just, I've, I've become so, so accustomed to it. It's not a big deal to me. I wish I had, I wish I had printed out my notes so you could actually see my notes of me trying to do the enunciation. And I still like, I can't oh, read my I own typed. Gosh, that's ridiculous. But I have happy to be on, and I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so glad you get on. And kind of the background um, of kind of I would say our relationship because that started at five thirty this morning. For however awkward that yep. wants to sound, um, right? I basically I saw. <laughs> I'm just going. I'll leave that as a hanger. Let people let people just yeah, right. marinate on that. Um, I saw. So we both ran the Hartford Marathon and I, I thought I saw you, I saw a picture of you and a post on Facebook and I was like, I think that guy ran by me during the race. Like when I was starting to hate life around like mile 18, I think. But then I saw it, like I read right. through the post and it was kind of talking about your journey of finishing the marathon and like what that meant to you and kind of getting to that point. And just from that initial bit of 
kind of seeing your story, I was like, I need to talk to this guy. I need to get him on the show just so we can share your story. So if you don't mind just kind of giving a little bit of background of what led you to, to want to do the marathon and kind of that, I know there's a bit long story behind it. So like just as much as you want to give with it. Um, first off now, now like seeing you talk and everything in, 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 in context, I vaguely do remember you somewhere along. Cause like towards the end of the marathon, you're not with, uh, you're not with thousands of people anymore. You're with the few people that are in your pace, you know? So like, you'll, you'll only see like three, four people in your grouping. So like, I definitely remember you at some point around like what you're talking about mile 18 and everything. That's uh, that's pretty damn funny. But, but, um, so yeah, background, um, about six years ago, uh, and my entire life leading up to six years ago, I was morbidly obese um, so yeah, I used to be 110 pounds heavier, uh, approximately. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, but I wasn't one of those, uh, I wasn't one of those people who like gained weight in high school or gained weight in middle school. Like I was a fat, like an overweight child. I was, I, I was a hundred pounds in first grade and oh, it kind of just, yeah. Yeah. So it kind of just went up gradually from there up until like when I was like 20 years old, just, uh, and and yeah, so I was just always a big dude. And, uh, about six years ago, I, so I, I wasn't completely, uh, without any depth in like ath- athletics cause I played football in high school. So I had a base of athletics, right. And I had a base of understanding of nutrition. I had, I knew some things. So six years ago, I decided to, uh, commit myself to something that I called a 90 day health binge. And the idea was simple. Um, I knew that I was a binge eater. I knew that I binged a lot and I knew that, uh, I, I, how should I say? I, I knew that I had a concept of like, of, of, of the binge. So I like turned it into a health binge and basically without any programming or anything like that, I did every healthy thing I could possibly do for 90 days. Just didn't drink soda, didn't eat sweets, went to the gym as much as I can. And I lost 64 pounds nice. in three months. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it started. And we're talking again, we're talking six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I would eventually, um, finish out the year and lose a whole hundred pounds. And like, it was awesome. Right. But, um, all throughout this process, I had, I had like gotten this idea into my head to run a marathon and it was arbitrary. Literally when I first came up with this idea to, to run a marathon, it was arbitrary. It's like, like you would hear the word marathon. And you're like, I'm going to do that one day. You don't even understand what it entails. Like, I was able to run a couple of miles every now and then I could run like six, but like it would at at that size, it would just put me out for a whole week. So it was, it was really difficult, you know? And, uh, I, uh, I actually eventually, you know, I eventually would end up gaining a lot of this weight back. I gained back 80 pounds within like a year and a half because I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. It sucked. And I'd completely given up on, ever running a marathon at that point because I, I wasn't forget running a marathon. I couldn't run any, well, I could still run. Cause even though I'd gained the weight, like you, you never really lose it. It just beats you up a lot more. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of refound the fire. I, I had, uh, I, I ended up losing all the weight over again, which it was a lot harder the second time, but I did it right the second time as far as, uh, slowly with, a knowledge of nutrition, a knowledge of what things to do wrong, right. And what things to do wrong. And, uh, what else was it? So, and I also, uh, competed strongman, right. So like I 
I've just basically been, I, w- I had been on this kick of doing all these things that, uh, that like give me life that, that I, that I want to strive for that. I want, you know, these big goals. Mm-hmm. So May 18th, just a few months ago, I ran, uh, or, or I, uh, I competed in a strongman show, took second place. And I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling it, man. Like I, I, th- I think I could pull this off and I just set my sights on the Hartford marathon. I'm like, you don't need to qualify for it. You just pay the entry fee and you run a marathon. I'm just going to train like hell for it. And I just went after it, man. Like I, I, you know, I had never run at that kind of volume before the most I had ever, you know, two three times a week was my, was my normal. And all of a sudden I'm running five times a week. Uh, I'm running, you know, I'm running a long run every Saturday, like a tip. It's a pretty typical marathoners yeah. uh, preparation but for a guy who's like, I'm a, I'm a bodybuilder, strong man. Like I'm, I'm a hefty guy. I competed my first, my first marathon. I was a Clydesdale. I, I ran it at, you know, <laughs> I was 200, 200, like that's literally, I, I don't, I don't know how many, how familiar your listeners are with running, but like, that's this new, newish category that's erupted in the past couple of years. Cause yeah. the guys are starting to run marathons. It's called a Clydesdale. Anyone over 200 pounds. That was like 220 when I ran the marathon. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a crazy accomplishment, man. Uh, for me, cause after, you know, I had, I had all but given up on ever accomplishing it. And I basically overcame my own, my own self doubt in like the biggest way, like you, you overcome your own self doubt all the time. Anytime you try to do something, you, you do something that you didn't want to do, but this is a little bit different as far as like, I truly did not believe at one point in my life, I truly did not believe I possessed the ability to finish a marathon and I did, you know? So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at right now. So I, I, uh, and it all had come back to me with like, uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm running the thing. Right. And I get to my old, I get to mile like 20 and that's as much as I had done in training. Mm -hmm. And I said out loud while I'm running this marathon, Stefano's going to sit the next few miles out, which was basically me, (laughs) me, basically me experiencing like an ego death of like, what happened? You're blacking out for a while, man. You're going to run. You're not doing it with fatigue. You don't have any fatigue left. So you're not doing it with that. You're, you're, you're shot. You're just like, like I just lost my identity completely and basically black out for like a few miles. And then at mile 25, I kind of snap back into reality. Um, you know, that's, that's when there's a guy there saying, this is your last checkpoint before the end you're, you're there. And like, I came back to myself I almost immediately start crying because, because I realize one, I'm, you know, it's done. Like right. I only have a mile You're going left. To do this now. Like, yeah. Exactly. And two, just like it had, you know, finally happened like on a larger scale, I'm finally going to run this marathon. And by the way, really hard to run a mile after running 25 miles and crying. That's, that's one of the hardest things I've ever yeah, had to but do. It's also, man. That Crying course people. is a pain in the butt. Cause you had to hit that bridge right at the end. So you hit that like thing and yeah. you're like, back over the bridge we go. I was like, I literally, I was just like, I hate all of you right now. I hate you. Connecticut. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was, it was a tough finish. Um, it was a really tough finish. And I was, by then my pace was shot too. Like I had done so well keeping my pace for the whole thing. But, um, uh, eventually my friends met up with me at like mile 18 and like sprinted with me. And that just messed up the entire thing for me. Cause like you, 
you sprint after running 18 miles, man. You're, you're, you're in bad water, man. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, I immediately realized how bad of a, like I let my, I let my adrenaline get the best of me. Of course, like it's hard not to when six of your best friends show up and, and are cheering you on and running alongside you. It feels like something out of a movie. And then as soon as they left, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I have, I have to finish. I, I have another, <laughs> I have another seven of yeah. what, what was it like at that point, like eight miles to run. And I'm, I have nothing left. What am I going to run this with? Right. Yeah. Like but, I still have to do this and they're just going to go back to the car. Exactly. Oh, on top of that, one of my friends thought it would be hysterical to pour beer on my head. <laughs> so I, so you want to talk about miserable? I those last eight miles, you know that stench of stale beer stickiness in your eyes, all that. Yeah, I was dealing with that for that was the worst part of the marathon was the beer on my head and in my eyes and sweat and yeah. Uh, when I got to the end of the marathon, I just, I, 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 people must've thought that I was an alcoholic or something like, how does this guy stink like beer yeah, like after it's, running it's a coming marathon? coming out of his what? pores. What's going on? Yeah. What, what sins did he have to commit for, for this to be a reality for him right now that he smells like beer after a marathon? Like yeah, nobody else should be, you know, everybody else is just panting. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was, that was the story and the gist. And yeah, now I'm, now I guess I'm a, a marathoner. Is that, is that what they call them? That's, that's a, that's what they say. That's, that's what the word on the yeah. street is. I think you, and you, it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, obviously we talked about, it. I, I do a few of those, um, those races and, <laughs> and it's still a weird thing that even, even now every single one, I'm nervous before every single race I do. And about that same mark that between probably like, 22 and 24 like it just overcomes you and you're just like we're getting this done today you're like i have no yeah. idea i have no idea how i don't know like what just happened the last three and a half four hours but let's put it into gear and make it happen yeah man it, you so the way that i had described it while it was happening like i'm you know because I'm, I'm a storyteller as far as through stand-up comedy podcasting all this like and i'm framing it as it's happening and i'm realizing on top of the egotistical drive of just wanting to make yourself better and accomplish things and have bragging rights. Like, obviously that's all there. Like what I was there for, as far as the experience, I realized what a celebration of the human spirit, a marathon is not just like from every point of view, not just the runners, but like people who, who have their streets closed off for seven hours for this marathon, but they're outside ringing bells for you all day, cheering you on. They don't, they'll, they don't know you. They'll never know your name. They have no reason to cheer you on, but they're cheering you on because they, they agree with, they, they, they're there in support of the thing that you've decided to do there today, whether it's your first or your last, whatever your reasoning is. And the music on every other, you know, all these, all these different stations, all, all these people, all the volunteers handing out water and electrolyte drinks. And it, it just, I, I just felt like proud to be a human. It was, it's such a human experience. There's no, no other way to describe it. And it's, it's more than just a run. It's more than just a bunch of people running together. It's, it's yeah, it, it, it was an incredible feeling the, the entire way through. Yeah. The whole, like you said, the whole experience with the, the community vibe of people coming together, it's just like, it's like how much better would the world be if that was just every day where people were just like, Hey, I don't mind that my street is closed and I can't get out of my driveway. You know what? I'm going to set up a chair at the end and we're going to 
cheer on whoever's coming by here. And like you said, especially, and I'd give that up for her. So I would do like a race recap on all the races and I haven't had a chance to write this one yet, but that was one of my biggest takeaways from Hartford is the volunteers and the crowd support was just actually really good. And you don't get, really you don't get that in a lot of races. So, um, speaking of like, you know, this, this human spirit thing and how, how great everything would be if people were more like this. So, and I forget, uh, so to recap your, your listeners. Yeah. I cried uh, during the last mile and at the end a lot. And then like, it, it kept getting more and more real as a, like, as I finished, as I crossed the finish line, you know, I'm, I'm, I hear my name over the loudspeakers. I, I, I'm, I'm really proud. I'm happy. And then I start crying a little bit, getting emotional. And my mom's on FaceTime because uh, my aunt is there and she has her on FaceTime. She's like, Stephen, I'm so proud of you. And she's like, she wants to talk to me. And I'm like, mom, would you give me a I'm, go- I'm going through a lot right now. <laughs> like, 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 I'm just like, just give me a second to process this. Like it was, it was so much. And I, and so then I get my medal around my neck and now I'm like just close to inconsolable. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so real. But I'm also alone because I'm still in the, what do they call that? The runner's walk. before uh, you get to the general. Okay. So I'm at the finish. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I'm glad you told me that. <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, so I'm, back, I'm, I'm walking through the finishers corral and at this point, yeah, I'm just, I'm clearly like openly crying. Like I can't really even hide it anymore. And some marathon finisher comes up to me. Some dude, he comes up to me. He's like, Hey bud, what's up? And he, and he like throws an arm around me. And, and then I tell him as quick as I can, I'm just like, Oh man, I, you know, I, I used to be 110 pounds heavier. I always wanted to do this. And like, he just gives me the biggest hug and he's like, Oh man. Like, and he was just comforting me and consoling me in this moment. Mind you, I don't know who this guy is. We never introduced each other and he never, we never did like exchange anything like that. He just saw a human having a moment and wanted to, you know, just be there for me. And I'm like, dude, like, like, come on. That, that it was so beautiful. It mm-hmm. was such an, it was such a moment. And, and like, yeah, yeah. Like coming to my, he didn't know my, he obviously knew I was going through something like, you know, just ran a marathon. You're crying. Like what's going on with that? And I've never been, I've never been just like comforted like by a random person. Like, Cause I don't cry in public ever or cry, you know, cry much at all. So I've just never been put in that situation. I'm like, damn, yo, like humans are here for each other. Like yeah. it exists. There's, yeah. there's compassion, there's love out there and that sense of community. It's something. Yeah. I felt, was it that I'm pretty sure it was that race. There was a guy that was having, some trouble. So I saw him. So part of that out and back, I saw him, I was heading out and he was already coming back, but he was, he was already walking and I could okay. see he was kind of like struggling and stuff. So I had caught up to him and, you know, I sat, I walked a moment with him. Like, do you need anything? I got gels. I got salt tablets. I got caffeine, like whatever you need. I got it, man. Like, like a little running drug dealer or something like that. And Right. I'm like, whatever you need. And, you know, it's just like, and just telling people like, Hey, you want an extra gel? You want a salt tab? Like, and you can tell it kind of lifts their spirits of like, all right, I'm not in this alone. I'm like, all right, let's, let's run a little bit. And I did it in Newport yeah. the next day. I had a lady that, um, I met that was doing, um, she was trying, she had, it was a training run for New York. Only, only we're just morons. We do marathons as training runs for other marathons. Um, That's crazy. but she, uh, she was doing it and she's like, Oh, I'd never run a marathon under five hours. And like, we looked at the clock and I was like, on my watch and I was like, Oh, we can, we can definitely make this happen. It's like, all right, let's pick it up. And then we kind of pushed each other. You know, we're both fatigued. It was hot out, but it's that you, you meet a, a random person. And I ran the last three and a half miles with this lady. And you know, lucky, so cool. lucky enough, she knows someone that was a part of 
uh, Team Boston Medical Center. And now I was able to apply and now I'm going to be running with the charity for the Boston Marathon next year. All because I just wanted to talk to somebody and it's like, yeah, I'm raising money and I'm fundraising and stuff, but it's just because I spent the time to talk to somebody that otherwise, you know, I would have never met that lady if I didn't like just stop and while she was walking, just have a little conversation with her. Like, Hey, what's going on? What's your name? Where are you from? What, you know, let's finish this thing out together. That's awesome, man. So you, you said something, go ahead, Sarman. No, no. What what did I say? Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. This time delay is just a pain in the butt. It's like, it's like a half a second. Um, so you had, you had mentioned a little bit in your story talking about you, the amount of weight stuff you lost quick. Cause you did that, you know, that, um, healthy binge, if you will. And right. then you learned the second time around how <clears throat> that may have not been the best way of doing things because it wasn't sustainable. Right. How, <clears throat> how would you kind of put that to people of like, cause I think there's a lesson in that of not necessarily the quick fix is going to get you. It's going to get you kind of maybe what you want, but it's not going to be a long-term right. solution. So like, what would you, what kind of advice could you give around that? That's a good question. Um, so basically the, the idea of the health men was I, I, I'm mind you at this time, <clears throat> I'm, I'm pretty young. I'm, I'm one of my uh, 20 years old at the time. And I just don't know a lot. I know that I want to lose weight, but I really don't know a lot. And also think of six, you know, this is six years we've had in six years, what we've done with just podcasts and nutrition and, and all the free info out there. It's just, it wasn't, while it may have been available, it wasn't as available at the time. So that's so, so yeah, the quick fix basically was all I knew how to do. And I used everything to my advantage, but I would still apply that today. Only always just basically realize that there's more tools in the tool bank than you realize. And you have, I believe you should be incorporating as many as you can. Like, so like specifically for weight loss, um, like there are a lot of things that you could lose weight quickly, but there's also ways to sustainably keep the weight off. And there's also other ways to, there's, there's just a lot of ways to balance it all. So as far as like, I mean, yeah, you, you could always lose the weight quick, but you, there's a mindset change that you really have to adapt to over a long period of time. So I guess the biggest piece of advice I could give is focused on nailing, like nailing a habit rather than trying to do everything all at once. So systematically go down a list of your weaknesses, so to speak, and just change one thing. Like, uh, however, you know, it's not just about being overweight. Like there's, there's a, there's a track and pattern of behavior that leads to you not being where you want to be. And if you just change little tiny things along the way, little wins, just getting as just getting points on the scoreboard, you, they, it starts to add up. So, uh, you know, for me, it was just like, like, I don't drink soda anymore. I quit it years ago. It's just, it, I could not, I could no longer justify put having it in my life. I, I, you know, there's, I'm not an absolutist. I don't believe that you should, you know, you should just stay away from something. Uh, I don't, I don't believe you should do just one thing one way all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, but like just soda was like one of those little fixers. Like I'm not going to drink this anymore because 
I want to just show that I have the power not to. So I don't. And then little things like that, you start adding it up. Like, well, now I'm going to diet, like diet five days a week, you know, and then on weekends, do whatever the hell you want. Just go back to your old ways, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then you just start to discover your own eating patterns and all that. It's you, you basically become your own personal trainer, your own fitness coach, but like you have to give yourself a shot. Like you, you really have to just nail down those little habits here and there. But, uh, yeah, as far as, um, I don't know, as far as a piece of advice, like you, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, guess, I, think I guess that's, I think that's it, it right there is, you know, is like you said, focusing on, we try to do things, whether it's obviously we're talking about weight loss itself, but like they could really be anything of, we try to do so many little things instead of focusing right. on like the one thing that will kind of lead into those other things where if you don't, if you don't invest into the main thing, you're not going to see the spread out. You're just going to thin yourself out. You don't want to be good right. at, you don't want to be good at a hundred things. You want to be great at three things kind of idea. Right. Right. And, so. uh, uh, yeah. What, like, like for example, sometimes your life, it kind of feels like a, maybe like feels like a house fire, right? It just feels it's like chaotic and stressful and you're doing so many things wrong and it feels like an emergency and you don't, and you're in shock because you don't know what to do. Well, like think of how a firefighter goes about it, right? Is the first thing they do like starting to spray down the house? No. First thing they're going to do is get all the people out of there. You know, like the, the first thing you do, it, it, you, you eliminate the, the most, you know, the, the problems that you can like safely do get rid of or safely fix. That's what you start with. And you just go from there. Like I want, so yeah, I wanted to run a marathon, but I used to weigh over 300 pounds. I didn't start by running a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's why I lost all my weight. I ran a marathon. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I would run a mile here and there. And then a couple miles, like for years I built up my, my, my tolerance to running. And I also took weight off my body for years because it would destroy me if I ran it at that weight, you know? And, uh, yeah, just little things like that, man. But I was actually a little curious about, cause like I'm obsessed with diet and nutrition and fitness now. Mm-hmm. So what, diet like what are you gonna eat if you just ran back-to-back marathons like what the hell do you eat it's got to be everything, everything right right yeah it's, I, I can't it's i can't fathom everything. that so like between so the last few that we've done is we'll have um we'll finish a race i say we because my wife is basically co-pilot like i don't know how she puts up with the crap i do but because she drives me she drives me between all these places and does all this stuff but you know i'll put down i'll put down like a pizza you know, a medium to large pizza and maybe a beer or two. And then like an appetizer, some like fried food. I'm basically getting, um, all of the very, very bad carbs that you don't, you definitely right. don't usually want. That's usually it. And a ton of sugar. So, um, I'll run the second race a lot on like candy. I like, I'll eat, um, sour patch kids or smarties or starburst or jolly ranchers. Yeah. Those jolly ranchers at Hartford were clutch. I took handfuls of those people were handing out jolly ranchers left and right. That's hysterical. I couldn't, um, yeah, at the end there was like candy and stuff. I, I couldn't do it. So here, the funny thing is, um, coming from, you know, the weight loss world, my whole thing, like I've actually built myself up as a faster. Okay. So people will like, people will like ask me like, what do you eat on your long runs? What do you, you know, what do you, I'm like, I swear to God, nothing. 
that's, that's, that works for me because I, I'm the kind of guy who I could, you know, I could skip a day of eating or I could go 18 hours without eating and still train. Like I'll still run and all that stuff. It's just, my body is adapted to storing, uh, storing fuel. That's why I was able to get to be so big. So like, it's always, it fascinates me for people who are like you, who like, you don't have a gas tank. Like I do, obviously you're, you're, you're a skinnier guy. So you don't hold on to as many, you don't hold on to fuel the same way I do. Like I'm, I'm kind of like a, uh, I'm kind of like a tractor trailer as far as just big, inefficient, but like a massive gas tank. Yeah. So like it's I could just keep go on going for forever. Really yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, 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 it's hysterical that I could like deadlift in the five hundreds, but also run a marathon, you know, like it's just, it's, it's just a bit, just a big, slow diesel engine basically. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm like, I'm squatting the bar and I'm like, yeah, man, we just threw that up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so kind of, kind of, I guess, turning a little bit of a corner, um, listening to your podcast, good enough, which uh, right when I saw that, I was like, well, yes, I'm obviously subscribing just from the name alone. Cause that's hilarious. Um, but then, but then like hearing from the first episode kind of explaining that, that process or the the reason why good enough and like what that actually means can you give just like a short little synopsis i don't oh, want i want people to go to your show to listen to the full thing but kind of like what good enough means to you i'd, I'd love to it's it, because i don't even like as much as i would like to gain listeners and all that stuff i actually do believe it's an important enough message message that it could live without my self-promotion like you you don't have to go listen to my podcast yeah, you still should go listen you. to his podcast Okay. Okay. Fine. Go, go listen to my podcast. I appreciate it. But so good enough. Right. Other than an awesome name, it is, it has become kind of an envelopment of my, my philosophy. So, um, first of all, it's G O O D N U F F one word. And I think there's, there's a little bit of like lackadaisical, like, you know, you know, like that's purposeful, you know, I didn't want it to be called good enough because good, just that it's not spelt right. It's not supposed to be one word and that's good enough, you know, but so the point, the first time I lost all the weight, not just the first time I lost all the weight, most of my life, like I've always been a happy guy, but a lot of the bad parts about me revolved around not necessarily a self-hatred, but like a self-dissatisfaction where like, God, why are you so big? Why do you keep eating? Why don't you go? Why don't, why don't you lose weight? You know how to do this stuff. And that like self-doubt spiral that, that like, you know, that your own worst enemy sort of thing. And even when you, I would make progress or, and I find a lot of people like when they do something well, or they do make a strive for themselves, like they have one less drink or they, 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 you know, they're, they're doing better at work or they're losing a little weight. Like when they make those little, when, when they do something to better their life and they still don't feel it's good enough, they, they feel like, Oh, I could have done this better. Oh, I could have done that. I could like, should have, could have, would have all the time, even when you are making positive strides in your life. Mm-hmm. And when I lost the weight the second time around and I really came into who I am and, and who I am now and this marathon runner, this, this person who's kind of trying to get after it, uh, it wasn't rooted in self-hatred. It wasn't rooted. It was rooted in the exact opposite. It was rooted in just accepting myself. Like I don't hate fat Stefano anymore. I don't, I it's, it's, 
he had his own set of issues to overcome and I love him and he was good enough as he was. And the idea is that you're not going to improve something that you hate. That's just not the nature of, of, of how humans act. Like if you dislike something, you're not going to try to make it any better. So if you dislike yourself, you're not going to be able to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. So good enough is just about accepting where you are right now. It's okay. Even if you've made mistakes, it's okay. Pick yourself up and, and get after it. But like, it's all right to be who you are. You are good enough. And from there, rather than like the way that I improve on myself, it's not because I have to improve on myself. It's because I want to. Yeah. And that that's really empowering for me. It's, it's no longer out of this. Like I don't go to the gym to save my life anymore because I don't need to. I'm a healthy dude. I go to the gym cause I just want to get better. I'm already good. I woke up today in shape. I woke up today healthy. I didn't, I have to make healthy choices because honestly I've made so many healthy choices that I could skip a couple of days of healthy choices and still get back on train. I do it now because I want to, because I am good enough and I want to get better, not because suck and need to get better. Right. So it's a, it's a really fundamental philosophy that's, that's come together in a nice, uh, a nice branding for myself, but it, it really does tell just my story of how I arrived, you know, how I arrived to where I am right now. Yeah. And I think that message is super big. We, we had an episode, I think it was two episodes ago about, um, self-worth. There's a, um, he's a children's artist and illustrator. He's a really cool guy, but he, um, but he was that same kind of thing. He was over 400 pounds and like was just, just hated his life, hated everything. And he was just doing like going through the rat race of doing what everyone said he should be doing. And he didn't believe in himself. And he was like, you know, once I started believing in myself, he was like, he basically turned it around as he, I think he's the way he says it is he said everything an adult would say no to. He said everything adult would say no to, but a six-year-old would say yes to, he would then say yes to. He basically like flipped it around and said, I'm going to act like a six-year-old and, you know, and then do all the fun things that I want to do because they see it adventure and imagination. And, and he's like, and once you do that, you realize that you are good enough and you kind of free yourself from those barriers that you put on yourself. Cause we have this idea, I think as people as a whole, that like everyone is judging us and we have to fit into their box and we can't do what we want to do because we're so worried and concerned about what other people are going to think or how they're going to react in the situation rather than just saying, you know what, as long as you're not hurting people <laughs> and you know, you're being a, a good human being you, you should accept and love people kind of thing. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a real slippery slope when you start, um, not, not finding yourself, finding worth in yourself. And then you go into that self doubt, like you were talking about of, yeah. well, I'm never going to be good enough to do this. Like why, why, why should I even try to be healthy? Because I'm not going to get to that point. And even if I get to that point, I'm not going to be able to continue it. Right. Well, th that's the problem, man. Like you, if you don't get used to being okay with yourself, let's just say by some miracle, you manage to get your life in order. I'm, I'm using weight loss as an example, but even if it's like get off drugs or, or get a better job, whatever it is, right? Well, when you, when you get there to what that perceived, you know, what you told your success, what you told yourself success was going to look like, and you've never been okay with your present state of being, guess what? 
you're still not going to be okay with your present set of being, even when you've got to the point where you said it'd be success. And that's how you slip back to where you were is because you never got to appreciate who you were in the moment. And you don't realize one day your success becomes that moment and you're no, and you're, you're not there to enjoy it. Like the first time around when I lost that weight, man, I'll be honest, I didn't feel any different when I was a hundred pounds lighter. And that was one of my problems. I, I wasn't, I didn't understand the, the tenets of good enough at that time. And literally I just felt like a, I, I felt just like I did. I didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, why do I still feel like I'm 300 pounds? I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life. And yeah, it quickly slipped away from me because I, I, you know, actually this is, this is a, uh, that actually just ties a couple things together. I didn't even realize I'm figuring this out on your podcast. Um, I had, I had prepared myself for that with the marathon actually. Um, and I think this is a really important practice for people. So obviously the marathon, if you got, uh, from, from whatever short amount of time you guys know me now, it was a huge deal for me. It was a very pivotal, pivotal moment in my life. And leading up to it, I knew it was a pivotal moment in my life. However, mentally I prepared myself to cross that finish line and feel nothing. Really? Let let, let me explain. I prepared mentally going into that, that listen, Stefano, this is your worst. The, the, you got to prepare for the worst case. Obviously you know how to celebrate, you know what, you know, to have a cathartic moment, all that stuff, you just be in the moment and be natural. Don't worry about it. You don't have to worry about that, but there is a chance that you, so you, you train, you ran 700 miles to train for this marathon, right? You, you did all this. It's been six years. You, you lost weight, you gained weight, you quit on yourself. This is big, beautiful story that you want to share with people. There is a chance when you cross that finish line, you feel nothing. There is. And I was okay with it going into it. I was okay with the idea of just finishing a marathon and literally just going to work the next day. Like that, that, that was my mindset because I had to be prepared for that. Cause God forbid, if that actually happened when I was expecting it would change my life. When you're in, when you're expecting an epiphany and it doesn't show up, you're fucked. Like, like, so that's, that's how I prepared myself. And I, and I prepared that way because I had gotten my hopes up in the past with the same spiral that I was explaining to you. So yeah, it's, it's Finishing funny you say that because it's, good. we've, we've, I've had that discussion before with, with multiple people and it's when you, when you put all of your hope in that, that outcome, that final outcome of that is success in that manner, what you miss out on is the actual journey that it took you to get there. What did you sacrifice and put oh, yeah. through to get in there? And if you focus on that end goal, I mean, it could have been pouring down rain. It was supposed to be pouring down rain that entire race and the weather yeah, changed yeah, three days before. So let's say it was pouring down rain and you had a horrible race and it was a bad experience. Well, if you're focused on that end goal, like you just said, you literally just, if you weren't prepared the way you did, it would have changed your outset and everything. And then you would have rethought like, why am I getting healthy? Why am I doing this? What's the purpose of this? Like nothing matters in this situation. Yeah, no, I, I can't stress that enough. That was one of the most important things in my, other than the physical preparation that I, that I did all the running. One of the most important things was emotionally preparing myself to just listen, man, this may not be the thing you're building it up to be. Sometimes it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it can, it does and not even like necessarily like, Oh, it's going to be heartbreaking. But like, just at the end of this, it might just feel like you went on a run, mm-hmm. you know, ended up being not like that at all. Obviously I, I, at the end of it, like, I was a different, 
from person at the end of this marathon. No, no, uh, like I don't know, no exaggeration about it. It was like the difference between, um, Okay. Actually, this, this, this is kind of corny, but, uh, do you listen to Kanye West at all? Not really. I'm not a huge Kanye fan. Okay. He's got a song, uh, called can't tell me nothing. Um, or I don't know if that's the name of the song, but that's like one of the lines he says a lot. Okay. Um, he just like, aha, they can't tell me nothing. Can't tell me nothing. And like, it was just a cool line from the song for years in my head. And then at the end, once I ran the marathon, I understood the concept of people can't tell me shit. I, 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 I like, I got to that finish line and literally anyone who ever expressed doubt, like anyone who ever doubted me, anyone who ever called me fat, anyone who ever made me feel lesser because they could do something better. Anyone with more money, anyone of any, you know, my whole life, I, I gave so much of a shit about people's opinions, obviously, because like I'm an entertainer. I out like I have a connection to the public. And since after the marathon and following, I've just had this feeling of like, y'all can't tell me shit. Right. I, you can't, you're like, I, I am me. I am the maker of my own fate. Uh, your opinion will, will never shatter the iron will it took me to go from morbidly obese to marathon runner. It's just, it's, it's whatever you have, your advice, your, whatever it is, it's, it means less than what I discovered in myself, you know? So like, I'll take, I'll take any positive things people have to say, but as far as like negative trying to like break down this train, like I realized it's like, Oh, these are weaker people who feel threatened. Yeah. It's not, that's it's, a, it's never, it's never a stronger person who's trying to put you down. Right. And that's, ever. that's a great point to it because I get that a lot and it's, I don't, I don't like toting it as a thing. It's obviously I've ran a good bit of races and, you know, I have a goal to, to travel across there and I don't want, I never want it to come across to anyone that I'm being, look at me, I'm better and that sort of thing. But while I'm running, you know, people ask me these questions that happened in Hartford twice, actually. It happened twice in Hartford of, you know, um, Oh, is your first marathon? Like I was taking like a walk after an aid station or something like that, you know, to drink my, my water Gatorade or whatever the case might be. And they're like, Oh, is this your first? And I'm like, no, no, I've, I've run some. And then, then, then they start going, yeah, well I've ran 40 something States and I've done this and I've done that. And I'm like, yeah, see, you're doing this for the wrong reason. I'm doing yeah. it because I want to meet people. I want my wife and I drive across the country, you know, to go places we've never been before and do things and experience that. And, you know, if someone asks me, I'm not going to lie to them and say, you know, I haven't done X amount of races and, and whatever, but that's not what I open with. Like, Oh, is this your first right. race? Like, no, I've, I've done a few of them and that's, that's it. Right. And cause it's, it's not about me. And I think that's, if more people had that attitude of, <clears throat> let me help someone else even though, I mean, right. we, we both say you obviously an entertainer having a podcast. I have a podcast in a way it's about us. You know, we're trying to, to market right. our brand, talk about ourselves, but at the same time, I want to share other people's stories. So I have guests like you on or guests like other people. And it's like, no, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to shut up. You're going to tell your story because your story is going to make an impact in somebody's life where mine may make right. an impact in somebody else's life. But I feel like yours has, has a purpose where I think if we, took that step in, in most more areas of our lives 
where we wanted to listen to other people and hear their stories and hear what they have to say rather than us waiting for the next story we want to tell where I think there's a college humor video that that's like super funny about this, where it's like, as someone's talking, they're thinking about like, Oh, she said tacos. I remember I had tacos last night. I'll wait until she finishes talking and then I'll talk about tacos. And you're like, well, then you just missed out what she just said. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's people have a lot to say. And you could get to some really interesting nuggets if you just allow them to talk about that honest part of themselves and, and, and give you their story. Uh, like, uh, I actually, one of the one, like I've slowly discovered over the past couple of years that I love and I, I share an affinity f- with you for, uh, for learning people's stories. Like even before I had a podcast, um, I was in new Orleans for, for a, uh, for a fun little like week vacation with my cousin last year. And I spent one day on bourbon street or, uh, or bourbon or French, whichever one where all the art shops are. Mm. And I went into each individual art shop and just interviewed, uh, the owners cause they came from all around the world and just learned their stories. And I realized how in love I am with how people arrive to where they are just, just where they are in that exact moment, especially artists and any kind of creative people. Cause they're all on their own fucked up journeys. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, there people have a lot to say, man. People, I, I think everyone has a really, not just interesting story, but just an interesting perspective that's worth sharing even, you know, even if it's someone that you would normally underestimate someone who, I mean, not, not to, I don't know how else to put it, but just like someone who may be below you in a social rung as far as maybe makes less money or is younger, just less experienced in life at different stages, but you discover they have some sort of expertise in them or some sort of perspective that's unique that you've never heard before. That's really valuable to you. So yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're doing, man. I, I, I love your little, I love your, your, your journey and, and the reason why you're doing these. How, how many, how many marathons are you on now? Like as far as like the, the travel ones, we'll say. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've hit 34 <laughs> states, 34 states. And then technically I, I also ran, um, the Berlin marathon. I had the opportunity to run that a few years ago. So I've technically done two continents and uh, half of the world majors. So I've done New York, wow. New York, uh, Berlin and Chicago. That is so cool, man. Yeah. yeah I did definitely want to run on um, you call. I definitely want to run more marathons. I have some like very realistic goals as far as just shaving some time off. I ran mine in four twenty five. Uh, so next up I would like to get mine to a, under a 10 minute pace, which is like four twenty two. Yeah. Give or take. And maybe in, maybe in the future shoot for like a sub four, but like that's, you know, a lot, but You'd be surprised though, because I ran my, I ran my first one. I was actually a pacer for a local group and I was pacing like the three thirty group. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. I'm like, I'm flying. It felt training felt good. Everything good. My first marathon, I ran a five Oh five. Um, yeah, so that, that was definitely a wake up call of, Oh, this is a lot harder than, than I made it out to be. Cause also when I'm in Columbus and it's relatively flat here, I ran in Cincinnati, very hilly race. So that didn't work out for me, but my PR after that, a few years later ended up being like a 424. I did in Indianapolis 
And then my next PR was 359. Like that was the next race that I broke that. So I'm like, I chalked down 25 minutes. Now to be fair, my buddy that's, um, that's super fast and he sits around that three hour mark. He, um, he trained and paced me. Um, we always made a joke that we made a joke that his, uh, his personal worst was my personal best. That's hysterical. I love talking shit like that. I love that. Stuff. It just, it's, I'll do that in like the lift because that, that's like kind of my strength. I, I'm the running is sort of the thing that I, I feel more alien to, even though now I'm a marathon runner. So I guess I have some experience in running, but like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll talk some shit with my friends when it comes to lifting. It's funny. But, uh, uh what was I going to say? Another thing I was actually preparing myself for mentally. Cause I didn't, again, at the end of that marathon, I really didn't know who I was going to be. I didn't know if I was going to be indifferent. I didn't know if it was going to be this big experience. I also prepared for the, the one I actually was the least prepared for. Cause I was just hoping I wouldn't react this way was cause I had that like psycho want to do more, want to get better brain. I was like, I just hope that a marathon is enough as far as like, I don't want to get into ultras. I don't want to be so an Iron fun, man. man. And it could like one switch in my brain has to flip for me to train for one of those things. I know it. I know it's so capable. And I, the hell that like the, the amount that I had to do, in my life to make the marathon happen. Like, God, I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I don't, it's crazy I, when you I go from that marathon to 50 K cause you're like, it's just five more miles. Oh, uh, see exactly. Like you just telling me that I'm like, I know I had another five miles left in me. I know for a fact I could have done it. Oh, it feels a lot I, harder. You know, had a, it feels a lot harder than that. For, for one thing that uh, I like telling people about is like, uh, so, so obviously, at the 20 mile mark from, from even the runner standpoint or like anyone else, it's just like, you ran a marathon, you're there, you did it. But even at my pace at a 10 minute pace, that's still a whole nother hour of running. <laughs> I don't get excited until like, I hit like 23 and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable now. And then you hear everyone around you just like, all right, just got to run a 5k. I'm like, Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> Shit, I bet you've never run a 5k before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's, that's the, that's definitely the most preposterous split of the marathon is the fact that it's or No, the 10k Mm -hmm. is the fact that it's 10k and 20 miles or 20 miles and a 10k. However you want to split it up. It's so absurd. It's such a mess. When I ran, when I ran Berlin, it was pretty cool because they had, um, markers every kilometer. So it was really cool because like you oh, kept cool. you kept hitting markers, but the problem is you're counting forty two of them. So then you get to a point once you get past twenty six, you're like, wait a second, these numbers, why are they still going up? Like, no, I hit twenty six, I should be done now. And you're like, twenty eight, thirty two, thirty four, and you're like, you gotta be kidding me. How many kilometers is the marathon? Forty uh, five. Forty two, forty two kilometers and like two hundred and something meters. Okay. Or twenty six right, yeah. miles, three hundred and eighty five <laughs> yards. The, stu- the stupid trivia, I know. Jeez, run marathons, do you? That's have you, um, uh, have you done this yeah. thing? You were in one of those uh, marathon five Ks before. <laughs> that was another thing, dude. When uh, when I was telling people I was running a marathon, they're like, "Oh, so what? What the five miles?" I'm like, "What are you? Who is who is spreading this propaganda that a marathon is anything other than twenty six point two miles? I thought it was such common knowledge. Mm-hmm. People be people be like, "What is that? Ten miles or what is that? So and so or." I ran one of those marathon five K's is usually what I, what I hear from people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I ran what I had a, That's I had a marathon this past weekend. It was like three miles or something like that. I'm like, not a marathon then bro. 
nope, that's uh, exactly. Or um, I told a lot, uh, the weirdest one I got, I'd be like, yeah, I'm running the marathon or, you know, I'm training for a marathon. And they're like, oh, the full thing? Like, yeah, I don't, I didn't say a half. I hate that we call a half a marathon a half a marathon. It's such an annoying way to describe a distance. Marathon should not be in the title. It should be called a not marathon. <laughs> Because you didn't, you didn't run. Like when, when do you get to say that you did half of a thing and then still involve that thing in the title as if like, you don't, it's so annoying to me. I, I can't stand it. I have it's, that maybe same it's like, like a, weird thing when I see 13, one, 13.1 in the back of somebody's car. I'm like, yeah. I want to be proud of them because it's still an accomplishment. Way to go. It you. is. But don't, just want just don't put it on the back of your else. car. Yeah. Call it. Yeah. Call it anything else. But I have the same feeling with like half Iron Man's like people that do. Like, yeah. They'll get, you know, cause most of those Iron Man folks, those are crazy people cause I can't swim. Um, but they get like the Iron Man tattoo, like on their leg or something. But if they do the half, they only get half of it. And I'm like, mm. Oh, man, come on. Mm. Come on. That's yeah. That's silly. Yeah. I don't, it's silly. but I mean, again, you know, at least people are getting out and doing something healthy for themselves. So I, I, I do appreciate people being active and I, I know that a half a marathon is a crazy distance. I ran a lot of them leading up to the marathon. That was like a very, you know, people train for a marathon, but like for a half marathon, I'm like, well, that's Thursday. Like <laughs> just because when you're training for a marathon, you have to be able to regularly do those things and then like run 10 miles the next day. That's like how, how you build up the fatigue for it. But yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve about running is that like they, I wish we could just ha half marathon, just be its own thing. And the, the word marathon should not be in there. Right, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to write my Congressman. We're going to see what we can do <laughs> please, about that. So I want to wrap us up here. One thing I did love, um, was your tagline that you say at the end of your show. And it's also on your Facebook. I don't know if you want to say it cause I don't want to say it, but it, it literally had me curled over in stitches the first time I heard it. I was like, that is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, um, before I say the tagline, I'll explain why it exists. Okay. It started, uh, I never knew I was going to use it as a tagline or a motto or a catchphrase, which it has become for me. I use, I'll tag it at the end of my posts. I'll say it to people. And I, I say it at the end of every one of my uh, podcasts, but I have a real problem with advice that people didn't ask for because it's, uh, it's so opinionated. Like, how do you know what I need or how do you know what someone needs to do? So I thought long and a couple of years ago, I thought long and hard about what's a piece of advice I could give to all people. What is a, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But politics, a religion dot whatever it is, this will apply to you. Right. So I, um, so it's, so the tagline is very simply, drink more water and be nicer to each other. That's amazing. And thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so why, like, it seems it's, it is very simple, but like why I put so much thought into it. So drink more water, literally, man, so many are, of the problems of the world are because people are dehydrated. I know it sounds like nitpicky, but like people do not drink enough water. They really don't like people will, we'll just go days without actually drinking water. They'll get it from their food or from their juices or their alcohol. But like 
people just don't drink enough water and dehydration is this is the leading cause of so much stress being overweight, all these things. But at the same time, it's like a, from a philosophical standpoint, drink more water means take care of your body, take care of yourself. Like, like it's, it's, it represents self-help and then be nicer to each other is how you relate to other people. It's listen, I don't care if you disagree with so-and-so I don't care if you hate so-and-so I don't care this. I don't care that whatever you believe you could do it without being a dick. You could do it with some intention on being a better person. So we could all afford to be nicer to each other. So I tell that to my, you know, I tell that to everyone because I truly believe that we all need to drink more water and be nicer to each other. That's, I couldn't think of a better way to end this show, man. I appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Plug, plug your stuff that you want to plug. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, as, as he explained before, uh, I do have a podcast. It's called good enough with Stefano Sanzo. That's G O O D N U F F. Uh, it's on all platforms. So Spotify, Apple, and then all the other like, uh, niche ones. And then of course you can find me on Twitter. Uh, that is the void of which I just scream into day in and day out. Uh, some of those jokes are funny enough to make it to Facebook but a lot of them are just me mumbling nonsense, but that's at Stefabro, uh, S T F A B R O. And my Instagram, which is like my main thing that I'm always promoting. That's where everything is kind of centralized. You'll see me do music, fitness stuff. You know, I'm often giving like lifting tutorials and just jokes. Just that's my entire personality encapsulated into an app. Uh, so that's uh, at Stefabro93, S-T-E-F-A-B-R-O-9-3. And yeah, through those, you could find me and everything. And I would love to connect with some of your listeners, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. I'm definitely going to put there. Stefano, that's, that's uh, I'm going to say it right now. Perfect. You killed it. <laughs> after after practicing it like multiple times, I still, that's, yeah. that still I cracks me we, up. I I, I love that even going into it, I said you were going to say it wrong yeah. and you still did. That was that, great. I think that was because it was in my head. Like it was going to my head. I'm like, now I'm going to overthink it. All right. Exactly. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone for checking out the show. Hope you enjoyed it. You can reach out to me on social media everywhere at flores.run. Yes, you can have a dot. Makes no sense. Subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. Um, I like reading the reviews um, on Apple Podcasts. It also helps with the algorithm stuff. Get more people listening to great messages like this, hearing some just you know amazing advice on how to just get through life. You can visit my website at www.flores.run. Thank Thank you again for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time and we'll see you guys next week.